everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Secure Retirement Podcast. I am April Schoen, and I'm sitting here today with John Curry. Hi, April. Um, I am turning the tables on John today. I've got in front of me a list of questions that we commonly get asked by our clients on required minimum distributions. So we're going to go through some of these and talk about required minimum distributions, what they are, and how they're going to impact your retirement planning. All right. John, are you ready to get started? Let's go. Okay. So first of all, what are required minimum distributions? And so everybody knows we call them RMDs for short. That's right. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. So we call them RMDs for short. The financial world calls them RMDs because Mm -hmm. the financial world loves jargon. Uh, I'm going to give you my answer, and it's a smart aleck answer. Required to minimum distributions is the government's way of forcing you to liquidating your savings so they can capture the taxes that you've been avoiding all those years. So let's break that down. The money you put into retirement accounts, you think that you're saving taxes. Most people are not saving taxes. They are simply deferring the taxes from today until a future date, which sounds good. It sounds good, feels good. But then when that future date comes, most of our clients are going, ouch, Mm -hmm. taxes were bigger than they thought. So I'm sure, I don't know all the where you want to go here, but uh, if not, I'll circle back. We'll talk about taxes more later, but it's going to be a big issue for some people. It is. And that's the main issue with RMDs, with the requirement distributions, is the taxes that you have to pay. And that a lot of people, when we're meeting with them, they don't even want to take it out. So let's, let's break it down the basics. Okay. So RMDs, when you reach age 70 and a half, you are required to withdraw money from your retirement accounts. And the IRS has a schedule that you have to follow. So we're going to kind of walk through some of that, but that's just a very basic overview of what is an RMD. I hope that while we're doing that, we'll also talk about some of the challenges with those yes. RMDs. Because folks, we have a RMD calculator so that we can actually demonstrate what happens when you're taking money. Uh, okay to cover that now? Mm-hmm. Go for it. So let's just suppose that I'm 70 and a half and I have money in my retirement account. Let's just say I've got $100,000 in an IRA, 457 deferred comp, or a 403B, 401k, whatever. And I'm no longer working, I'm truly retired. The first year, I have to divide the account balance by 27.4. Now, that works out to be 3.65%. If you're wondering how I got that, you simply divide 27.4 into 100, and that equals 3.65. And people say, well, that's not too bad. Well, it's not too bad unless I have my money part somewhere and I'm only earning 2 or 3%. So now I'm having to tap into my principal, aren't I? Correct. So now my principal goes down, down, down. So... Now, when I'm 75, I have to take out 4.37% mm-hmm. because the factor has increased to 22.9. So the key point I want to make, and you can elaborate on this, April, is as I get older, the divisor gets higher, which means I'm having to take out, excuse me, it gets lower. So I'm having to take out a higher percentage Correct. of my assets. So if I suffer a downturn in the market or low interest rate environment like we have now, then my money is not going to be able to perform as well because I'm being forced to withdraw money. That's why back in the uh, uh, in 2000, 2001, Congress allowed for the divisor to change from 16 to 
Now, how they got 27.4, I don't know. Because in the past, it was based on life expectancy. 70-year-old had about 16 years ahead of them, age 86. But they changed it because people in 2000, 2001, 2002, had negative stock market returns. So people who were being forced to take money out were really getting clobbered. Right. There, what you're referring to there is the sequence of return risk. That's correct. Which is going to impact all of us mm-hmm. when we uh, are into retirement and we're, ha- we're taking money out of our retirement accounts, out of our investments for to supplement our income or because we have to because of required minimum distributions. That's correct. And if we don't plan our investments properly along the way for the accumulation phase, what equally, if not more important, is planning for the distribution phase. I tell people every day, you've done a great job of accumulating money. Now, what is your game plan in the second half of the game? Right. They go, what? Well, first half of the game is working and retiring. So when you get to retirement and the official blows the whistle, hey, you're in the second half now. Well, you, you are ahead two touchdowns at halftime. Who cares? Doesn't matter. The game's not over until the fourth quarter's done. So your game's not over until you die. That's right. So you accumulate it, but now you, how do you spend it? How do you distribute those assets? And that's, that's my focus and your focus. Mine, especially being 66 years old, uh, that's where I spend most of my time with clients. Exactly. Good. All right. You alluded to this, already covered some of this, but why is there an RMD, John? The short answer is so that the government can get their tax dollars back. If you think that the RMDs are set up to provide you with a lifetime income, you are sadly mistaken. It is not for that. It is not guaranteeing you anything. In fact, as I just described, in the right market environment, stock market or interest rate environment, which right now is volatile in the stock market, low interest rate, the lowest we've seen in 40 years, we're in a position of where people who have their money parked in money market funds or CDs, and they're having to take required minimum distributions, they're hurting. That's right. You know, I've seen that dozens of times. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of clients who came in, their money market was paying, what was it, 0.17%. That's right. And, until we turned it around for them. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's more important on your retirement accounts that you have guaranteed streams of income coming in that, in most cases, would be much higher than the RMDs. Which leads to another discussion. Somebody will say, well, I don't want the RMDs anyway, and you want me to take out even more? Well, yes, because from a strategic planning approach, it's better to do that. Take it, pay the tax, then reinvest it, and do whatever you want to do. Right, exactly. Okay, so when do you, we covered this a little bit, but when must you start taking your required minimum distribution? You have to do it at 70 and a half. Although right now there's a bill in Congress, the House has already passed their version of what's called the SECURE Act. And the Senate will take it up, and then if the President signs it, it'll be law. This portion of it would be extending RMDs from 70 and a half to age 72. That's only a year and a half. I don't understand why they're doing that. I have been preaching this for 35 years. There should not be a required minimum. They should leave you alone. If you don't want the money, it's okay. They'll get it when you die. That's right. But again, it is a way to you know, get those tax dollars back that they have not gotten all those years. Right. It's a great plan, by the way. If you understand what this is all about, they encourage you to maximize your IRA and your 401k, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So the, you have the government as your partner. It's a silent partner. 
But they're not so silent at the end of the trip. That's right. <laughs> I want my money. <laughs> um, I like the analogy of taxing on the seed or on the harvest. Yes. So the idea is if you're a farmer, do you want to be taxed on the seed or do you want to be taxed on the harvest? Well, when you have money in your retirement accounts, you've already made the choice that you're going to be taxed on the harvest. So you put in a small amount now, it's going to grow into the future. You're going to take it out in retirement, and you're going to have to pay a larger tax later. Well, but maybe not. You may be like the farmer. This might be one of the few years along the way that you lose a, all your crops. That's right. You might lose your money and not have to worry about the taxes. <laughs> I hope that's not Let's the case. Let's hope that's not the case. But a lot of people in 2008 experienced that. That's right. Could you imagine walking into retirement in 2008, and all of a sudden you lost, like some of our clients who came to us, they lost 30, 40, sometimes the highest I saw was 51%. But he was very aggressive. But our clients don't experience that, that will listen to us. Because we say, don't put all your money in that. Have, have it diversified to give you protection. Right. And this is not about investments, I know. But, but it, it is about making sure that you can handle the distribution phase that's required on retirement accounts. Okay, so uh, yes, you have to take required minimum distributions uh, in the year that you turn 70 and a half. Now, the IRS will allow you to delay the first year until April 1st of the year following when you turn 70 and a half. I'm not sure why they do that, but they will allow you to do it the first year. Um, if you do that, if you delay to the following year, just know you have to take out two RMDs that year. So you got to take out your first one and your second one. So most of the time, it doesn't make sense for people to do that from a tax planning standpoint. I don't understand why anyone would do that. Uh, I've only had a few people in my 44 years of doing this do it that way. Mm -hmm. And so how much do you have to take out? John, you talked about earlier... Um, the number for the first year is 3.65%. That's what it equates to. The IRS does have a formula that you have to follow. There are different factors, and they change every year. And we're going to get into that a little bit, too. Right. So what types of accounts are subject to required minimum distributions? The short answer is pretty much every retirement account you have other than a Roth IRA. A Roth IRA does not have a required minimum distribution for the retiree. What's interesting, though, is upon your death, the beneficiary has a required minimum distribution, which is interesting. Yes. Because they still don't have to pay tax on it. <clears throat> Correct. But they still are required to take money out. Uh, it has never made sense to me. And then what about a Roth 401k? Same thing. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the key to remember is this. We're going to get into this in a few minutes. I know. I understand what of how to do it. But if you have money in any type of retirement account and you've not paid tax along the way, you can just bet that there's going to be a forced liquidation of called an RMD to make you take it out. That's right. Okay, so let's say someone has a 401k and they're still working mm -hmm. and they reach 70 and a half. Do they have to take an RMD? Well, I'm going to let you answer that because of our, our friend that we had to do some research for her. So why don't you take that one? The general answer is no. If you are over the age of 70 and a half, 70 and, a half and you're still working, you do not have to take an RMD on your 401k unless you are a 5% or greater owner in the company. Now, you'll also want to pay attention to your plan document for your 401k. 
and in case there are any change, anything that's different inside your plan. But as a general rule, as long as you're not a 5% owner or more, you do not have to take your RMD on your 401k. And that brings up another question, because what led to this research was asking this question, should you keep all of your money in a company 401k, or should you, as soon as your plan document allows it, move some of that money to your own IRA? There's much more flexibility with IRA planning. Our friend Ed Schlott talks about this all the time. Ed is a recognized IRA expert, CPA. He doesn't sell financial products, doesn't care what you do. He just sells information. And he is of the opinion that getting it as much as possible into your own IRA is better. We can have that discussion another time or with people one-on-one if they want to have a phone appointment or come in. Very good. Okay. Do you have to calculate your RMD every year? You do. In fact, it's done for you by the financial institution, but the burden is on you to make sure it's done. So every now and then somebody will say, well, I didn't, the company did not do that for me or the bank or credit union. The IRS doesn't care. That's your responsibility. However, their institutions are now required to send you something showing you what that calculation is. Right. And the reason they did that, IRS, the Department of Treasury, says we want to make sure nothing falls through the cracks. So when they send you that, they're also sending it to IRS. IRS. Very good. And so how much uh, is of your RMD is taxable? So the amount that you have to take out of your retirement accounts, how much of that is considered taxable? Well, it's all considered to be taxable, with, but you may not actually pay tax on it. So, for example, most of the people we work with, this is not the case, but because of the standard deduction being so high now, 24000 for a couple. So if, you're, if that's the only income you have, it's what you're getting from, let's say, Social Security and your IRA. If it's 24000 or less, you'd pay no tax. Right. But if you start adding your IRA on top of Social Security, a pension, et cetera, then you may find that you're in a higher tax bracket, not lower. That's right. Now, John, we get asked this question all the time. So how do I avoid paying taxes on my RMD? Well... You can't. Somebody is going to pay the taxes. So you're going to accumulate money. You're going to defer the tax while you're growing. And then someday when you start enjoying the money, either you or your spouse or your kids or grandkids, or in my case, great-grandkids, somebody's going to pay the piper. That's right. You're going to pay to hear the music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, there's an exception. There's only one exception that I know of, uh, and that is you could use what's called a qualified charitable distribution. We've had several clients do it. We just had one last week, and she did it to give money to her charity, her church. And it does satisfy the RMD. So what you could do is you could say, all right, for for this lady, uh, you you know the numbers better than I, I think it was 5,000 was going to her church and 5,000 to her, I think. Correct. And uh, I remember one of my my buddies, his retired FSU professor, he had a lot of his money in his IRA, go to the uh, FSU Foundation, some to his church, and we did it as a qualified charitable distribution, which means it's not income to him, it goes directly to the charity. And for most people, that's the best way to give money now, because if you if you are not able to have individual deductions because of the standard deduction being so high, that might be the best way to do it. So we tell everybody, let's at least look at that for you. But you have to be 70 and a half. You have to be eligible for RMDs to do it. 
We've had people hear about it. They go, oh, I want to do that. Well, you're 61. You can't do it. Right. You have to be 70 and a half or older to take advantage of that. And is there a maximum amount that you can do on a QCD on the qualified charitable distribution? Yes, there is. It's $100,000 per year. And it, that's now permanent in the new law. For a while, it was not. It was, well, we may let you do it. We may not. It was pretty iffy there for a while. But okay. now it is permanent. Nothing's permanent. Congress can go in there and change all that stuff around That's anytime right. they want to. That's right. But as of right now, uh, that is permanent. Good. Okay. Um, it's temporarily permanent. Tem- <laughs> temporarily <laughs> permanent. I like that. Okay, so what happens, John, if you don't take your RMD? Well, this is where the fun begins because I've had two clients where this happened to them in my career. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One was an attorney who knew better. He said, I'm not going to take it. They'll never catch me. Uh, they called mm-hmm. it, and they charged him a 50% penalty, 5-0, on the amount he was supposed to take. And then let's just call it 10000 So he had to pay a $5,000 penalty. The income tax on it was roughly 30%. That's 3000 So he had to pay $8,000 in taxes on a $10,000 distribution. Ouch. The second one was a little old lady that had been a client for a long time. Her husband had died. And one year, she just flat forgot it. Yeah. And she, I went with her to the audit. It was cool. I, I wish I had, uh, I wish I had a video of it. It was very good. She just said, "I, I forgot it. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand all of it. I just, I put it all in a drawer with my taxes. I just totally forgot it." And the, uh, the lady with the IRS, she says, "I understand that does happen," and she waived the penalty. Aww. I'm told that now it's tougher to get that done. But back, that was back in the, oh, Lord. In the, it might have been like 89 or 90, somewhere in there. Okay. But it was it was interesting to see how that lady handled it. Now, I did not get to see the audit with the attorney. I wish I could have seen that. <laughs> but, uh, he has since passed away, too, but he was pretty cocky and arrogant about stuff. His attitude was, I'm smarter than you because I'm a lawyer. Right. Well, he was not smarter no, than the IRS. No, no. <laughs> they one. will catch up to you. That's right. Okay, so this is um, a common question that we get is, what do you do with your required minimum distribution? Well, people like me, we know that there's only one answer to that. Uh You spend it on your grandkids and your (laughs) great-grandkids. The short answer is obviously you do whatever the heck you want with it. Uh, We have clients who will take it out, grumble, complain that they happen to take it out and pay tax. And they'll say, here, put this in something else for me. We have others who will use it to buy life insurance because they want to leave more money to their children and grandchildren. We have others who will donate it to other charities, which they shouldn't. They should use a QCD. But they'll do it after the fact and tell us, well, you could have done this. We have other people who they'll they'll literally just give the money away. They'll give it to their kids and grandkids. Um, I'm thinking of several clients that uh, they take their required minimum distribution every year. Thinking of one couple, they take it quarterly, and they use it to go on a trip. Yes. So every quarter they get their RMD payments in, and they use that money to fund a quarterly trip. Is that the nice couple we saw last week? Yes. Yeah, yeah they're, I was thinking the same, folks. Very nice. Uh, but it comes down to really spend it on whatever you want. Right. If you don't want to spend it, you want to save it, you just pay your tax on it and reinvest it in something else. That's right. I was thinking of the other couple that will take their required minimum distribution and are using it to fund house projects. They're yes. doing renovations. Yeah. 
So again, like you said, it comes down to doing what you want with it. But you can save it, you can spend it, you can reinvest it. It's up to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And John, as we wind down here, uh, one of the last questions that we that we go through with clients, uh, it's probably one of the more important planning questions and conversations we have with clients. But do you have to take your RMD, RMDs from all of your accounts? So let's say you had multiple retirement accounts. Do you have to take an RMD from each one? The the answer the answer is yes. You have to aggregate all of them. So a little more complicated, but let's just say you have four IRAs. You have to add up the IRAs, divide it by 27.4 to get the number. And then once you have the number, they don't care, IRS, Department of Treasury, they don't care if you take it pro rata from each of the four or from one, which leads to some tremendous planning opportunities if you know how to do this. I am still amazed at the number of people, including tax attorneys and CPAs that I know personally, because I'm past president of the Estate Planning Council, who either didn't remember or, or didn't know or just flat forgot that you had that ability. I'm thinking of a lady that I'm working with right now, in fact, a very dear friend. She said, you know, John, I totally, if I ever knew that, I forgot it. Mm-hmm. And to her credit, she just admitted that up front. She says, so there's planning here. I said, yeah, we can let one account keep on growing, take income from the other. She said, that is fantastic because it fit perfectly with her desires to let some of her money grow. Right. Uh, but also, uh, I'd like you to talk about it for a minute. What if I, because we see this every day, we have clients who have money in 403B annuities at the university system. We have clients who have 457 deferred comp plans and IRAs. Touch on how yeah, that works. Yeah, so I was going to, I'm glad you brought that up. Very important. Um, it's not just all of your retirement accounts. The IRS looks at each different type of retirement account. Right. So if you have multiple IRAs, you can take your RMD from one IRA. If you have multiple 403Bs, you can aggregate those and take it from one 403B. But if you have an IRA and a 403B, you have to take one from each. Or an IRA and a 401K, you have to take one from each. We have clients who have all that. Correct. They'll have one of each, and then they're, they've misunderstood the rules. They heard somebody told them about the aggregation, and they think they can take it from one of the other and say, nope, you have to take it from all four. Now, what you can do is you can move money from 401K into your IRA or have a separate IRA, take it from one, let the other one grow. But as long as there are different categories, you can't do it. That's right. Can't do it. Very important to pay attention to that. I think I think the, the key, April, and I say this every time we talk, you have to have a process, a plan, a, a, a methodology, if you will, to where you look at everything and don't overlook stuff. And that's where the retirement rehearsal that we help people with brings value because we look at everything, Social Security, retirement accounts, your pension if you have one, 401Ks, whatever. But it allows you to test drive this stuff before you actually have to do it. That's right. Good. Great. All right, John, is there anything else um, you want to add? Um, thank you for taking the time today to go through some on required minimum distributions. 
Is there anything else you'd like to cover? No, I think we covered it all. I appreciate you doing this. This gave, gave us the ability to do this in just, you know, 20, 25 minute session. Uh, there's a lot more to do. We could do an entire day on this and uh, some of our seminars coming up, we'll do it. But I would encourage people, you know, listening on our webinars when we do them, if you can come to one of our seminars, come and we cover this and more and even more topics in more detail. Great. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again for your time. You're welcome. Thank you for doing it. If you would like to know more about John Curry services, you can request a complimentary information package by visiting johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Again, that is johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Or you can call his office at 850-562-3000. Again, that is 850-562-3000. John H. Curry, Chartered Life Underwriter, Charter Financial Consultant, Accredited Estate Planner, Master's in Science and Financial Services, Certified in Long-Term Care, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Securities, products, and services and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities. Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA and SIPC. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this material, we are not undertaking to provide investment advice for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact one of our financial professionals for guidance and information specific to your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, or employees do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances, not affiliated with the Florida Retirement System. The Living Balance Sheet and the Living Balance Sheet logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Copyright 2005 through 2018. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities or Guardian and opinions stated are their own. 2019-88759 expires October 2021.